You're listening to Dynamo's Dust. Now let's welcome your host, Team Dynamo Kelly. Welcome to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind. From pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, musely, fresh socks and jocks and everything in between. Never forgetting the talc. This is Dynamo's Dozen and you are all very welcome to another episode of your favourite podcast with me, your host, Ian the Dynamo Kelly. And this week we have another amazing show for all of you where we're going to talk about one of the oldest and best wrestling promotions of all time, the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. From the past to the present to the future, this amazing promotion has seen some of the most amazing wrestling matches of all time. And from a company with incredible heights to some tragic lows, the National Wrestling Alliance has a history drenched with tradition, storytelling, smiles, laughs, blood, joy, pain and tears. Stars like Harley Race, Ric Flair, the great Lutez, the Funks, Dusty Rhodes and many, many more have graced the canvas under the lights of the great NWA and have made what is considered to be many the most prestigious heavyweight championship belt in the history of professional wrestling. And still the most beautiful, in my opinion, the 10 pounds of gold, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. But now the NWA is back with a brand new studio television wrestling show each and every week, every Tuesday on YouTube and Facebook called NWA Power. And I, for one, believe that is the best TV show in the world right now, and it's only going to get better. So who better to join me this week and talk about the past and the bright, bright future of this amazing organization than Mr. NWA, a man that has worked for nearly 30 years to keep this prestigious name alive. This week, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Mr. David Marquez. Sit back, relax and enjoy. So here I am um, with a very, very special guest this week on Dynamo's Dozen, uh, making his Dynamo's Dozen debut. Uh, we've been talking about this for a little while. Welcome to the show, Dave Marquez, and thanks for taking the time to uh, to come on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Listen, um, you know, many people now will, will uh, you know, most people that would know the kind of wrestling business that would be kind of diehard uh, wrestling fans would know you from many years in championship wrestling from Hollywood. Um, you used to do all, pretty much all of the old NWA, um, you know, stuff. Even with the YouTube videos in NWA Australia, etc., etc. You were always the guy asking the uh, asking the hard questions. And uh, here you are, still going, my friend, and still looking good. You got a fresh haircut today, so <laughs> I did. Thank yeah. you for noticing. Yeah. yeah, it's looking. It's looking. <laughs> now that I'm back on. Now that I'm back on camera, you know, I gotta, I guess, stay a little more trim and um, <laughs> have, have, have good hair and be clean shaven and 
like I said to you earlier, I apologize. I'm, we're talking in uh, uh, Los Angeles, California right now, and it was really gloomy a little bit ago, and then the sun came out. So I apologize for the sunglasses, but it's it's hitting right in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Inside, inside <laughs> the house, a lot of people might not know this, but the United Wrestling Network, uh, which I formed after I lost access to the NWA about seven years ago. Sure. Uh, it ran out of my home. So, okay. uh, <laughs> so right now inside, uh, right behind me, uh, there is a crew working on championship wrestling from Hollywood, championship wrestling from Arizona, commercials, uh, and bits, small, tiny bits for the NWA shows. Uh, <laughs> facility behind me, so I had to come out here so I wouldn't disturb them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of cool. And plus, you know, at least you get that opportunity. I'm in uh, good old cold Dublin, Ireland, so um, I'm, I am a little bit envious there, I'm not going to lie. But uh, <laughs> but there we are. There we have it. Listen, um, I guess obviously we, we're going to talk about you know the championship wrestling from Hollywood because that's obviously your baby as well. Um, but let's let's kind of maybe start with the with um, I guess what's on the news on everyone's lips over the last two weeks. It's kind of seen quite a lot of content um, in wrestling. There's been debuts on USA Network. There's been debuts on TNT once again. But um, last week, one of the biggest debuts for me personally was obviously the the return of Studio Wrestling with the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, um, and the new show was called Power. Obviously, we've had two shows now. Um, both have been amazing, and obviously, you are are the face uh, the face of that show in terms of you're the guy that asks the questions and and. Um, really, really good job. First of all, from from my part, I just want to congratulate you guys on it. It's been thank you. Yeah, it's been absolutely great to see. Um, how's it gone for you so far? What what's been the feedback? I guess from your end. Obviously, it runs every every Tuesday. It's on Facebook and uh, YouTube, so a little bit of a different concept. It's not network television right now, but it's still accessible to everybody. That's right. I mean, you're seen in Ireland. Um, yeah. You know, t television is different. Um, uh, in general, but the show Power uh, has been in development for probably, I'd say, at least eight months, nine yeah. months. Yeah. Um, uh, when uh, Billy Corrigan and David Lagana left Impact Wrestling uh, mm -hmm. a, a little over two years ago, um, they came and met with me in Los Angeles, and uh, we talked about what we can do together. Uh, uh, and then I basically blurted out that the NWA was available. Uh, for sale, yeah, um, and and I knew that I was never going to have an opportunity uh, to purchase it back just because of circumstances. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, of course. I pushed, I pushed uh, uh, Corrigan uh, in that direction, and lucky for all of us, he went through with it and uh, purchased it. And two years later, we premiered this beautiful little show, uh, NWA Power, yeah. and uh, it was an awful lot of fun. Uh, interestingly enough, it's, uh, it's humorous to me that, uh, and I'm, and this isn't negative or I'm not upset, but when people say, Hey, studio wrestling is back, um, studio wrestling never went anywhere. I'm just happy that it's uh, wrapped around the NWA again and that people, uh, consider studio wrestling an NWA thing. I got gotcha. you. Uh, championship yeah. wrestling from Hollywood yeah. is nothing but a studio show. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And we've been on the air for a little over nine years. Yeah. And uh, there's been many regional and local wrestling studio shows, but to be back on a, uh, uh, a, a mass scale where people are looking at studio wrestling in the traditional WTBS uh, Jim Crockett style of 
uh, producing uh, a studio show yeah. uh, is, is very exciting and seeing that the public is bringing it back. Jim Cornette helps being there, of course, yeah. uh, but the setting, the cameras are purposely uh, uh, studio television cameras. They're big, they're bulky, they're not easy to get around. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it's just, uh, it, it, it's quite magical uh, when you walk into that facility and you see a set and you see a desk and you see the flags around the studio, uh, and even Jim Cornette was blown away. And the, the neat part is we have a, a couple of people on the crew, the production crew, who worked on the TBS and WCW shows. So, oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, some of our staff. I'm sorry, my dog is barking. That's okay. He's just getting involved. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> What's your dog's yeah, name? It's been a fun time. Sport. Sport. I'm not calling you. You can stay over there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome um, to the show, yeah, Sport. Name's Sport. What's that? I said, welcome to the show, Sport. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's very famous around pro wrestling. He's uh, chased, growled, or bit probably some of the biggest names uh, <laughs> over the last few years. <laughs> him and Colt Cabana, they, they go at it. It's pretty interesting. MJF, too. Him and MJF had great arguments. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> um, look, going base, but base... His best friend, But one of his best friends is... Peter Avalon, so... <laughs> okay, well, that's fair enough. <laughs> and it's funny, actually, just, just on that, like, I mean, you know, just to maybe focus, we will get back to, to power and stuff, but just to focus uh, again, as I say, a little bit on your baby, um, Championship uh, Wrestling from Hollywood, obviously, that started back in 2010, I believe, was it? Kind of late 2010? Uh, that's when we went on the air. Yeah. I think in no, no, November 2010, okay. here in Los Angeles on KDOC TV, but prior to that, we were producing an NWA show. Uh, it was called NWA Pro Wrestling, or yeah. NWA Wrestling Showcase, and that was on the satellite. Um, and a lot of people saw that. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting to a point in my career. Uh, it's going to be 30 years in February that um, people are now telling me, like when you and I first started talking, your age. Uh, people are starting to tell me they were they've been watching me since they were a kid. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting to that point. <laughs> of senior uh, positioning in, in pro wrestling. So I think I've been producing a, a form of, of uh, regional local television, wrestling television, since probably around 93. Okay. Um, and uh, going even when I came back to California after World Legion Wrestling, uh, it's now called World League Wrestling that I had with Harley Race and Gordon Soley in Missouri. Sure. Um, we had a show uh, then when I came back to Los Angeles in 99. Uh, I was sent to Ultimate Pro Wrestling, Rick Bassman's company, where we found the pro prototype, who is now John Cena, um, yeah. and a bunch of other, uh, Samoa Joe was there, and a, a bunch of people yeah, who, yeah. Are, who became cogs in pro wrestling. So from about 1993 until, as you and I are speaking, I'm still producing a weekly uh, television pro wrestling show. And it still looks great. I mean, it, it, it you know it doesn't age at all. I mean, even some of the old, uh, some of the old stuff. I, I'm I was always a big tape collector, so I always had a lot of stuff that I was able to get sent over from the states and vice versa. You know, tapes, man, <laughs> tapes. <laughs> You're uh, telling me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Oh man, I'm still I'm still at that age where I come from the age of of still a little bit of tape trading and stuff. So it's uh, it's always very nostalgic to me. But I mean. Some of my... Yeah, we started when we started producing the shows in the '90s. Even we were still in some areas uh, producing on two-inch uh, quad videotape. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There are these these spools 
that we would shoot the shows on stringing through these big machines and uh uh that wasn't that long ago that was only the mid 90s so <laughs> yeah it's not actually that long ago yeah when you think about it um it's funny enough actually but kind of going down nostalgic lane like in, in terms of um you know, a lot of people that listen to this show will obviously be happy to hear from you as well, especially over here in Ireland. Um, obviously, you've known um, Fergal Devitt, Paul Tracy, um, the late great uh, Andre Baker, John Moss. So you've had um, you've had a big knowledge, I guess, in all of the. Um, I guess you could have still called them territories, except they were different countries of NWA. So we had NWA Ireland here, where I started, uh, along with NWA UK. Um, and you had European, um, you know, stuff as well, where you know a lot of the American stars were sent over. And the team. Where's Gary Steele? Gary Steele. That's, that's the big thing. Where is Gary? Where Steele? is Gary Steele? Where has he gone? TWC, isn't that right? Remember the tournament with him and Steve Carino right. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, an NWA World's Champion that a lot of people forget about. People uh, like to say, uh, yeah, uh, Nick Aldis is the first British champion, and they're like, no, it's not true at all. Not correct. Gary we, Steele. We, we had one before. Gary Steele. And a hell of a worker, too. Hell yeah, of a worker. Yeah, great guy. Hell of a worker. Just disappeared. <laughs> John Moss should have held that at one point, shouldn't he? <laughs> yes. Uh, and in fact, uh, his name came around an awful lot. His name did did uh, uh, bounce off a lot of things. Yeah, I mean... Especially a lot of... in my world, I, uh, I certainly push for Johnny Moss to be the uh, world champion. And I was even talking to him prior to his WWE uh, employment that he currently has to be... Uh, uh, the world champion of my United Wrestling Network. So uh, I've been a big fan of John Moss for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, guy, you know, been in the ring with him, and you know what, safe as houses, but a scary, scary human being also at the same time. That's right. <laughs> big dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, big guy, but, but, but a big personality, impressive in photos and in person, but then you get to meet the man. He's like, oh, he's a big bear. He's just a little teddy bear. Yeah, he's a really nice, really <laughs> nice guy. Really nice guy. John Ryan's another scary dude. You know, a lot of those. That's guys. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, going back, I guess we could we could talk all day about about different guys and 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 girls that have been been uh, been been in the in the I suppose in the history of NWA while it was I guess on its um, on its quieter years. I guess you know what I mean. Um, Obviously, once once the Crockett went from Crockett to WCW and stuff like that, NWA was still around. But uh, maybe maybe you can kind of give us a little bit of a history lesson actually on that because I've always been intrigued as to um, because it was kind of the late eighties, early nineties when it went from the Crockett to WCW. Obviously, TNT were involved with um, what's his name, um, Ted Turner. Ted Turner, yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. what was it like for NWA? the brand at that time, I guess, in the early 90s? Uh, and what kind of work were you guys doing? How did you have to kind of re-strategize? Well, I mean, it, 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 when WCW left the organization, um, and, you know, Ric Flair went to the WWF yeah. with the world title. Um, 92, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, uh, the organization was still going strong, and Ric Flair was still the world champion. And sure. Barry yeah. Windham. Chono or Muda or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, uh, the organization was still there, and especially in the Northeast and the South, uh, the membership was still uh, decent. Um, uh, Dennis Carluzzo uh, was a yeah. big proponent. Uh, Howard Brody. Yeah. Um, and and Bob Trovich. 
you know, they really resurrected the NWA when uh, it was no longer on Turner Television. Uh, then the ECW thing came together, and then the ECW thing happened, and then that's the popular opinion that the NWA died. Sure. It, uh, truthfully, never did. It no. just lost major television. Yeah. And Jim Crockett was still a member of the NWA. He just happened to be in Dallas, Texas, yeah. uh, doing shows out of the Sportatorium. Um, so, I mean, it, it was still around. It just wasn't as in your face uh, like it had been since probably the 1940s. Yeah. So uh, WCW uh, became the new guy on the block, um, and they just kind of took the title lineages and everything of the NWA, uh, which is funny enough, if you think about it, the WWE does the exact same thing. Uh, they're using the NWA lineage, so with the United States title, when they presented that it was the nwa lineage <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> comes to that championship course, yeah, to talk yeah. about johnny valentine and this person and that person and all these other people so uh, the nwa is always and always will be extremely important to the world of pro wrestling uh it never went anywhere uh, then after i think 97 maybe uh when uh, howard Brody and dennis Cardoza were on monday night raw with jim Cornette. And the WWF uh, had a uh, agreement with the NWA. Uh, that's when the, I guess you can call the first resurgence yeah. of the NWA kind of happened. And that's when a lot of us uh, kind of got more involved in the NWA. And we had a large membership after it was on Raw. Yeah, because uh, we saw the belt back as well, obviously, on television with Dan Severn. Uh, uh, Dan, Dan yeah. Severn, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, and I want to say either the Rock and Roll Express or the new Midnight Express were the World Tag Team Champions, and Jeff Jarrett was the North American That's Champion. That's true, yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on Raw. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't, re I don't think they remember that. I, the World Tag Team titles were even defended at a WrestleMania. I remember them on Raw for sure, and I also remember um, who the Fantastics wrestled each other as well on a 10-minute on a, a match on Raw as well. Um, yeah. So it, was, it was a lot of NWA kind of... Um, players that were, were were starting to make appearances, yeah, yeah. like late ninety six, and, and 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 all that I believe was Jim Cornette that made that happen because you know he was a part of the creative <laughs> team back then. Um, so, uh, so we all got in on it, but the problem was that the organization uh, was really backwards, and I think the it's no secret uh, what kind of a pirate Dennis Carluzzo was. Uh, he's mm -hmm. gone now. He's he's been dead for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and Howard Brody, who I still communicate with to this day, um, it was more of a money grab sure. uh, individually than, yeah. than trying to run a company and yeah. be legitimate. I mean, there, there, was a, there was an origin there for that. But just to be honest, it was 500 bucks, you could be a part of this. And they yeah. weren't being yeah. too terribly selective. Sure, yeah. Uh, but during that time, uh, I became very friendly with a lot of people. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are no longer living. Uh, but uh, Ed Schumann, if you remember that name, in Chicago, okay. uh, became one of my biggest cheerleaders. He was with the NWA Midwest. And uh, uh, an awful lot of what I've been able to do uh, would not have happened, I say to this day, uh, without the support of Ed Schumann uh, and Bob Trovich, who originally was our attorney. Sure. Years later became our executive director. Because we were so backwards. I mean, we couldn't buy, this is an exaggeration, but not, um, we couldn't buy paper clips without 33 people saying, yes, buy the paper clips. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And people were looking at dividends and the, 
uh, at, at certain points in time, we had decent money in the bank, especially when we were in business with Impact, TNA. Um, but everyone was looking individually, and no one was looking at the ensemble of what this global thing could be. There were only a, a, a small portion of us who did. I was one of them. Um, and when Bob Trovich uh, became the executive director, he basically allowed me to be the 300-pound gorilla, 800-pound gorilla in the corner uh, that no one could move. And I did that, luckily, because I was a vice president of New Japan. Yeah. And uh, and I utilized it in for the first time, I think, ever in the company's history. I moved everything to the West Coast uh, awesome. of the United States. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, sure. Sure. So Adam Pierce became the world champion. He, people like Los Luchas became the tag team champions, yeah. the North American championship, kind of went around to Drew Onyx, who you probably know. Yes, for uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Drew, Drew Onyx up in Montreal. Yeah. Oh, and then we put it on, like, Mike DiBiase in, in Texas. And Drew Onyx, uh, by the way. Slowly. Drew Onyx, by the way, just just a special shout-out. One of, one of the best wrestling trainers slash coaches anywhere, anywhere. And his fame is, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he can sing. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but, but yeah, and, and, and then at the time, uh, that time I started nurturing talent. So that's where Flurgle comes into the picture and Machine Gun Anderson and Joey Ryan and sure. Alex Kozloff and Rocky Romero and Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson and uh, Bobby Quantz and... You know, the list just goes on and on and on up until where we're at now with uh, successful people like Peter Avalon coming out of Hollywood and uh, Tyler Bateman. Yeah. Uh, my program just was recently signed by Ring of Honor, I believe, a couple of days ago, um, full time. So uh, this happens often. And Adam Pierce being a producer, a, a senior producer on WWE programming, and yeah. interacting with Vince McMahon every second of the day, you know, it's. I'm really proud of where everybody is. Yeah. I knew they'd be there. Uh, you may or may not have seen on our program right now, we have a Canadian, uh, uh, Dan Parker, mm -hmm. uh, a fun fun kid, uh, full of life. Uh, I believe he has a future. Um, still young. Um, but, you know, we're working on visas and all this stuff to make it legit. And of that's course. always the hard part, um, especially yeah. in our current uh, government. With Trump, um, are you so, are you are you are you are you dare mentioning Donald Trump? <laughs> I didn't say his name. You did. <laughs> I did. I did. I said it. It's all good. Oh, here, listen, Trump. I love you. Give me a visa. I'll come over. I'll back you. Uh, Man, not, it's not. so difficult right now. Yeah, Before of course. We get we used to get visas yeah. for people like it was toilet paper. Sure. Here, here, here. here. It's no, crazy. It's, it's crazy. Such yeah. a so difficult. Um, but yeah, uh, opening up Australia the way we did, Hartley Jackson, Mikey Nichols. Um, Hartley Jackson, uh, great. See where they, uh, 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 Shane Haste. Uh, I mean, that whole uh, group from Adelaide and Perth that are now making up NXT. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Brendan Vick. Uh, uh, tons of guys who I saw when they were just starting, and now uh, they're doing it. Uh, Becky Lynch. Uh, you know, but a bunch good, of folks, good, so. good pal, good pal, Becky. Yeah, she's, she's yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah, it's incredible. And and I mean, so, like you really had a little, you know, you did like have a hand in, in helping a lot of these guys. I know with Fergal, for example, um, he'll always you know credit you with 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 help in terms of helping get to the obviously the Anoki Dojo and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, the man behind a lot of this stuff was the man that you're listening to right now on Dynamo's Dozen. But um, Dave, why don't we take a little a little pause and we'll uh, we'll come back. Um, let you get uh, to get that fresh cut. So, you know, get some sun on it, and we'll we'll be right back after this. We are back for part two of uh, this exclusive interview with the great Dave Marquez. Uh, he's laughing here because I've called him the great Dave Marquez, but it's true. Um, Dave, I mean, one of the biggest things I have to say, okay, let's move on to Power itself and the debut episode, and we'll get on to feedback and stuff like that that you guys have gotten. Um, but for me personally, like I said, one of the, one of the great things, um, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, Anybody that knows me will, will will verify this. Seeing you as the you know the lead kind of announcer, uh, interviewing the guys at that desk, I, it, it was great to see, um, because I was always wondering whether that would be the case. Um, you know, if, if it were, they were going to get somebody else involved, but you've, you've got so much experience in this kind of field that it was the natural choice. And how did that come about? I guess three questions in one. How did that come about? And what was it like during the show in terms of how were you feeling during it? Were you thinking it was, was it going according to plan, I guess? And then thirdly, um, what's the feedback? What, what, what's it been like? What's the reaction? Well, uh, how I got the job um, was interesting because I didn't think that's how, that was going to be my role on the show. Sure. Um, I, I'm a, uh, a television director and producer, yeah. and I totally thought uh, when we were talking about this through the whole uh, course of getting uh, it started, I thought I was going to be the director. Yeah. Um, I didn't think I was going to be on camera at all, because yeah. um, I haven't even been on the Hollywood show on camera in years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, I would say maybe a month out. Okay. Um, uh, cause they asked me to do a video, whatever the date that they released me, uh, saying I was a part of the show. I really just found out around that time, um, that I was doing that. Yeah. And so I made arrangements with them to have Billy Trask, who's, uh, uh my pupil <laughs> yeah. to, uh, in television production to, uh, direct the show. He also directs the Hollywood show and he was the original director of the Arizona show. Um, that's kind of like our developmental and production i think i might be the only uh promoter who has a television production department that people start here and make their way up just like you would going to roster as a talent sure so yeah. ca camera operators animators yeah. editors all that stuff so billy trask started as a music guy for us and i saw that he had uh an aptitude for production and i asked him if he was interested in editing and he said yes, so we started editing the Hollywood show, and then uh, I made him, excuse me, my technical director, which is the guy who presses the buttons when I make the call, uh, taught him to do that. And then one day during the show, probably about three years ago, I just stood up and walked away, and I said, it's yours. And he's been directing the show ever since, and he's the director of uh, the NWA Power Program. And awesome. uh, so they asked, me, they asked me to be on camera. Uh, I agreed. Uh, I lost a little weight quickly and um, hey you're looking good uh, dude you're looking you're looking pretty uh you can pretty jacked thank you looking pretty thank jacked you. yeah well i work out every day with peter avalon and dan parker uh and have for probably the last year um but then i found out i was going to be on camera so i figured i shouldn't look uh, middle age 
So, <laughs> so, so uh, uh, I, I went out and got some new suits and uh, hopefully don't look uh, that too terribly old on television. No, you're looking dapper. But, you're looking dapper, as we say in Ireland. You. Looking dapper. Thank you. So, so uh, that's how that came about. Yeah. Now, did the show go as planned? <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm sure you saw the Jim Cornette Experience art that features me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe you could flex that up so the people have a reference. But um, yeah. it, it's me on my knees cringing, with, surrounded by paper on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on uh, YouTube for anybody that wants to see it. Yeah. So uh, uh, the reason is uh, the wild cards, the World Tag Team Champions, came out and they sort of almost flipped over the podium that I stand at. But inside the podium there are cubby holes. So I had freshly brewed coffee in there. Oh. <laughs> I had warm tea in there. Okay. And I also had three bottles of Perrier in there, one that had been opened. Oh. Uh, which they didn't know was in there. Okay. Why would they? And all of my notes for uh, four hours of broadcasting. Oh, so everything was in there. So when you listen to the ring announcing and the towns and weights are not announced, yeah. it's because... I didn't have them anymore. <laughs> so when all of that, that went flying, the coffee got all over me. Uh, um, the tea spilled back into the drawer. So during the show, if you look closely, I'm sure you'll see dripping coming out of the thing. And the, Perrier, and the Perrier, the ones went went away. So I don't know if someone stole them or what, because there were three in there. The caps were still sealed. Was it the Perrier uh, and lime? Was it the Perrier and lime or just a normal Not Perrier? lime, just regular Perrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheap bastards, so, cheap bastards, I, stealing just, your period. Gone, gone. <laughs> uh, so I had nothing um, and some snacks I had in back there too, some peanuts and stuff. But <laughs> we're, we're doing four hours of television. Um, so anyhow, that all went flying. And uh, I, and, and to be quite honest, some of the talent I didn't know, so I don't know their background. I really don't know them. And at times I have a, I have a memory problem too, a short memory problem. So some of that went, way and i didn't know some of the people's names so when you watch me i'm looking down at new cards that i had scribbled just to remember some of the guys names because there's, there's a lot of the newer people that i don't know yeah um so uh uh so that didn't go necessarily as planned and at times you might hear jim Cornette uh throw jabs at me and that's because i'm saying something that doesn't make the tape that uh, make, make the broadcast that uh, may not be correct, and I have to do it again. The studio saw it, uh, but it doesn't make the actual show. And so Jim will come back and react to it, but the people will have no idea what he's reacting okay. to. Okay. They're, <laughs> they're not going to hear it or see it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, um, I think he called me radioactive or something yesterday. Uh, on, on the, like uh, Dave Marquez grew up down the street from a, a, a radioactive plant or something. It's because I couldn't, I couldn't read some of the words on the sheet that had been wet because it blurred. <laughs> yeah. So that's what he's talking about. Um, but he obviously, he's obviously having fun with you in fairness, Jim. Is, uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> no, Jim and I go way back, uh, way, way back. Um, it's funny. He and I uh, d were at the 50th anniversary of the NWA together. The 60th anniversary I promoted and he was at for me. And the 70th, he was a commentary and I did the uh, directing of the show. So we were at 
three uh, decades of the NWA together. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and I do prior to that as well. And it's funny because Jim Cornette, I suppose while we're on the subject, Jim Cornette, I'm, I'm still trying to get him on the show. Um, so maybe after this, you'll put in a word for me. Uh, oh, I'll let him know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, you know, I, I listen to his show a lot and I get a lot of the points that he makes. Uh, I also get Jim Cornette. A lot of other people don't. Um, Jim Cornette does everything for a reason. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I don't like giving away anything. Um, let's NWA should always be kept. Keep a little bit of our secrets. <laughs> I'm sure is what you're 1, thinking. One thousand percent. Joey Ryan is one of my best friends in wrestling. I've given Joey, Joey Ryan. I'm not going to lie to you, Dave. I've given Joey Ryan some awful shit on this podcast, <laughs> but it's purely because of the dick flip. <laughs> it's not like I say. Look, it's anytime you're talking about a performer, you're talking about the performer as. As the character. You're not taking cheap shots at people. If you're taking cheap shots at someone personally, then it's a different story. Do you know what I mean? Even even the character Joe's created. I mean, from when I had him with Machine Gun Anderson as World Tag Team Champions to what he is now, the real American. Sure. To uh, uh, pass the mustache ride. I mean, we're we're miles away from the mustache ride. <laughs> but but uh, Joey, um, going into his uh, act... Uh, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I'm proud of him. He came up with something that stuck. It's not easy to buy a home in Southern California, especially Los Angeles with cash. And uh, in the neighborhood that he's in, that home is probably a good $700,000. Well, that's so fair. That's if, fair. If he, is, if he is flipping someone with his penis and people are paying to see him do that, God bless him. It says more about um, the people paying, really. <laughs> Well, it may, but, you know, the world is what it is, um, as as decadent as it truly is. So um, it's the 2020s now, so everybody better catch up. This is true. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but what I was going to get out with Jim Cornette and him, uh, and I'm not going to expose it like what you just said, but it's pretty obvious what's going on if you can take off those millennial glasses and and see it for what it is. Of course. Uh, so even even Joe digs at me for being fond of Jim. And I will say this: Jim is always a pro, and he and I have not seen eye to eye several times. And we've done business together, and some has been great, and some has been god awful. Um, yeah. And uh, he has never once chastised me for my relationship with Joey Ryan. And, and, and look, he could in any and he could, or even back. With Colt Cabana, you know, even when that was going on. So he's always been a pro. Yeah. Always. Well, look, and, and during these shows, he de- he seriously was a, a pro. And look, at the end of the day, Jim Cornette wrestling, wrestling is his life. You know what I mean? So anybody, anybody that wants to throw, like I say, um, Joey Ryan, as I said, I've often had many, a, many a rant on, on some of the, <laughs> some of the performance stuff. But like I say, you are correct. You know, I've actually, it's funny enough because I've eased up on the kind of Young Bucks and the Joey Ryan stuff. Listen, Dave, you know kind of the background where I came from in terms of the kind of training oh, that yes. we came from. So for us, and for me personally, wrestling was very, very real. Um, you know, <laughs> with guys like... Well, uh, listen, Randry I came Baker. from Harley Race yeah. and Gordon Soley. Yeah. And, and it doesn't get any more real than that. Harley's been on the... California. Uh, Harley was on this show twice, actually. Harley was a oh, good, really? good friend of the show. Yeah, um, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, he was. He came on the show um, twice, and in fact, Harley was actually 
so kind enough the second time to come on and do a uh, Dynamite Kid tribute episode on literally 10 minutes notice when he wasn't in the best of health. So that yeah. just shows you what kind of guy that uh, Harley I'm Race sure was. he was there. Yeah. Uh, he was That's there. That's the Harley point. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about what wrestling is. <laughs> so, uh, Brilliant. Oh, I've heard it. I've heard it many, yeah. many times. Yeah. Dave, stop monkeying with all the fucking shit and start the goddamn show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I heard it. But when I came back to California in in the, in 99, you know, wrestling here is is a different thing in Los Angeles. It's, sure. It is, not a, it is not an easy area. Uh, there are so many hybrids and influences here from Lucha Libre to British to Japanese to uh, television wrestling. And people are so confused. Talents are so confused of how and what they need to do. Each promoter wants something different. We're virtually less than seven miles from one another, and it's a different idea. Sure. It's a different. I don't know if it's what kilometers would be for you guys, but it's very close. No, that city. makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and and everyone's different. And since I'm on television, you know, I kind of uh, strong arm a little bit, getting guys to do certain things. But then that's why they quit my show because they they want to appease the internet and you know they can't handle uh the chastising of well at this show you, you do it this way and you're an ass kicker i got and you on that show you're just kind of a pansy what are you what are you doing so it's 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 confusing and difficult at times but people like you know i praise them peter avalon started with me when uh he was 18 years old you know, maybe even yeah. 17. He's he's 30 now. And I I keep pushing in these guys' heads that they have to start thinking of business and not – and understanding what an independent contractor really is. Yeah. You know, whether you're a landscaper, a plumber, uh, an electrician, you're an independent contractor. Sure. Pro wrestler is the same thing. And you not just understand your business but how to bill and, and, and understand that you're not going to have a lot of jobs your first time out of college. Yeah. It's going to take years and years and years and years and years to build client and a word of mouth. And you're your own it brand. It takes a good eight, yeah. eight to ten years to create who you are. And, yeah. you know, Peter Avalon's there now, and he's an AEW as a librarian. And yeah. uh, I made him the biggest man in professional wrestling, and he went with it. And he was with Nico Marquez, and, you know, the whole th it, it just worked on television. And I'm so proud of the guy because he absolutely understands what wrestling is yeah. if you watch the, the 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 dark that just uh premiered i guess yesterday uh yeah i watched uh, it literally before a, we came on air yeah it's a three-way and not to take anything away from the other two fellas that were in the match but you understand the business he's uh, yeah you, you tell me who stood out he stood i was literally about to literally about to say he stood out um it's actually usually when i'm watching these shows as well um, I like to kind of take notes at certain times. If something stands out, I take a note and I'm going, okay, I want to see more of that guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, he was actually probably out of the whole dark show. Yeah, he was He was the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd agree. And the thing is, he gets it. He's been around us and me and everything we do for many years. Yeah. He, you want If you want to say learning tree or whatever, he took the right notes. When we started the Arizona program, I made him a producer on it. Uh, and now he owns a percentage of it. That shows he—it's partially his. Nice. So uh, it's 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 a different product than what the Hollywood show is. Um, 
a little quirky at times, uh, but I, I stay out of it. <laughs> but it's got to be, uh, but it's got to be a little bit different too, right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but they have built some great stars and they've built the draw and they have people coming and Peter Avalon is a huge part of that. Mick Greenwood is another person that, sure. uh, whose name you might not know. Uh, Logan Chedwigan is the director. Okay. Um, and again, they've all come through the system here. Uh, uh, but uh, and, and on NWA Power, you know, it's the same thing. We're starting with uh, fresh people in some uh, disciplines, and oh, we have job guys who are actually, in the truest definition, doing that that position, uh, that role. And hopefully, in a year or three, they'll be uh, in the opening match and their hand raised in victory. Yeah, you know, just putting the time in and and us learning who they are. A lot of what wrestling and talent I think is missing today, and what they don't understand, uh, and I can say this probably going back to the last fifteen or eighteen years, is young. And you might even agree because this probably adds to you as a performer, is that you try to emulate something that you see on television that's popular mm-hmm. um, from the, from the gear to your hair, to the Randy Orton. Everybody did Randy sure. Orton forever. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of that has to do with, you don't understand who you are as a human to begin with because okay. you're so young. You've not experienced anything. Very Someone, much so. a booker can come up to you. A booker could come up to you and say, well, I want you to do this, or I want you to be a, a Gino Hernandez type, you know, or yeah. be Eddie Gilbert type. Yeah. Um, and well, you've seen tapes, but you don't, you're not a Southern redneck drinking cocaine yeah. addict, yeah. wife beater, whatever. Yeah. You've not experienced that when you're 21 years old. So sure. how can you do that? Sure. Well, now that you're in your thirties, You've lived, you may have been married, you may have been divorced, you might have had an addiction problem, you may, you know, even Frank Sinatra, like, if you go back and listen to his songs when he was first starting, he was singing love ballads, and you go back and listen to those from the 1930s and 40s, and then he re-recorded them in the 60s and 70s, and it's a different meaning to the song. There's a different cadence to the song, and it's much better, like a song like Stormy Weather, you're having a rough life. Yeah. But he sang yeah. it when he was a young man. Yeah. He, young, he, he didn't have it rough. Yeah. He lived a hard life in the middle and was a major star. Michael Jackson, Jackson 5, you know, pop bubblegum music. ABC, you know. he, easy as one, that's two, right. three. Yeah, two, to... three. And then at the end, you know, he's singing about people <clears throat> being dangerous and nobody cares about me. And, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm this, I'm this freak show. Yeah. And, and if you go through and listen to all the music and the catalog of, of, of a performer like that, wrestling, I think, is the same way, where you look at Rocky Maivia to, you know... The Rock. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. No, I mean, even the, act, the actor, the biggest man in Hollywood right now is a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I actually asked this question the other day when, 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 when obviously, Dwayne appeared on SmackDown. Um, even from the time he comes out and you look at him on the camera, you're instantly... You get like goosebumps. Is there a bigger star in the world than Dwayne Johnson? Uh, not for me. A, a current working star, probably not. No, you know there are still major talents that are alive. Yeah. You know, to me, when I see someone, and I work with a lot of Hollywood legends. Yeah. Uh, in other in other parts of my life, sure. In production, but like, if you and I think if you ask Dwayne Johnson the same thing, he'd agree. But if you put Dwayne Johnson next to a Dick Van Dyke. You know, Dick Van Dyke might take the <laughs> the forefront for a half a second, but this guy is still really working and, and is the guy. 
the yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I just said the other day, like uh, I don't like too many Disney remakes and stuff, but they're doing the, the Jungle Cruise with him, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I because mean, of, because of the rock. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, I'm my my better half is Disney crazy, and um, she always watches Disney movies. I, you know, I haven't watched Disney movies really since I was probably twelve or maybe even less. So I would say a lot less actually. But then I heard the the Moana soundtrack and I heard the rock singing the song. She was like, "Oh, you got to listen to this." And I actually said, you know what? That's going to be my early morning song on the, the morning commute. Because <laughs> how can you, how can that not put you in a good humor? <laughs> <laughs> well, just to be dorky at Disney, I originally wanted to be an animator. And people who know me know that about me. Okay, I, very my good. My dream was to work at the Walt Disney Studios. Awesome. Um, uh, but when computers started coming out, I had never touched a computer. And no one told me that you had to learn, still know how to draw. So yeah. I, I went into vid- I went into video instead. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think like an animator, like a cartoonist. That's why I think that my style of presentation of professional wrestling is storyboarded in my head. Yeah, and, that makes and, a lot of and, sense. And, yeah, and when you when you look at how my show is put together, it's really put together like a uh, an hour Looney Tune television hour where you have six cartoons, and sure. this is what the Bugs Bunny's going to do, and yeah. here's what the what uh, Pepe Le Pew is going to do. And, and so when I talk to the new talent of how to think of, because there's not one star anymore. No. There's no way we're going to have a Hulk Hogan or a Rock or whatever, Roman Reigns or whatever you wanted to mm. call it. They're trying desperately to find that next person. I, I was praying it was going to be Fergal. Um, it had the potential to be. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's an ensemble and like I try to explain to people, Broadway shows have ensembles all the time. And the Tony Awards give away, I believe, an ensemble cast award, not an individual award, uh, to, to certain shows. Um, and, and that's, to me, what pro wrestling is today. So I try to tell them, it's like, this is the Muppet Show. I'm Kermit the Frog trying to keep the thing together. And one week you'll have Fozzie, and one week you'll have Gonzo, and one week you'll have flying uh, fish and, you know, things exploding. Yeah. Uh, there's not one necessarily one thing that's going to draw you to the program. Um, and the WWE, I believe, has uh, come to that headway, too, um, yeah. for a variety show and uh, all around. That's probably the best definition of it. AEW is trying to do more of a traditional uh, uh, pro wrestling program. Yeah. But I'm not sure that the audience is going to be there for that for the long longest haul. Yeah. I wish I, I, I hope they're here for 20, 40, 50 years. Of sure. course. Um, but I think pro wrestling right now is not as successful as the internet wants to say it is. I agree. Um, yeah. I live it every day. So yeah. looking at the numbers of what my program does, which is very fair, we have hundreds of thousands of viewers across the country, and I don't know how many around the world because mm. I don't know how many people bootleg the show. Um, I know some countries do, especially like in African countries and Middle Eastern countries. They yeah. take it off a satellite and just run it. That I, I know that's happening. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No control over it. Yeah. Because um, uh, we're on a sky... Uh, in the UK, and I know that anybody can pull that feed down and do whatever they want with it. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, uh, when they're saying, like, this is a boom period, it's actually not, because not that long ago, there were 20, 30 million wrestling fans collectively. You know, when people are celebrating 2 million viewers on major television, Television, free television. It's not good. That's that is nothing to have a parade over. No, I agree. We, we we as a business need to sit back and say, 
well, what happened? The audience didn't grow out of us, grow, you know, out of touch with us, I don't believe. It's just that other things came into play, but how did 18 million people, how did 18 million people just disappear and vanish? Yeah. And that's a, and that's a, that's a big question that nobody wants to talk about. I, and, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's, it's true because, um, you know, I, I, um, I have a, you know, I talked to a guy, Findlay Martin, who's been on this show many a times from Power Slam in the UK, and he's very, he's very much into, like, the figures and stuff like that. And he said something very similar to that recently, you know. It's, when you're looking at the numbers, you know, it's it's okay, you know, for AEW initially, you know, they obviously beat NXT because that's what WWE wanted to kind of have the community believe that that's who they were competing against. Realistically, AEW were we're going to be competing against the big the big shows, um, but also like you say, AEW was always going to have those higher numbers in the first maybe three to four months, um, depending on how consistently they can go with the storylines and 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 keep people intrigued. I mean, wrestling is. I'm sure you'll agree here. Someone that's directed, you know, TV, pretty much most of your life done it for a living yep. so you know more than me um but i you know in my opinion wrestling is a very simple business to be able to book you know what i mean over complicating it is where wwe are actually falling into roadblock after roadblock because they're just constantly over complicating the issues you know um obviously we see there today eric bischoff leaves the role not even maybe two weeks into it um some people now, the cynical people, will say, oh, well, obviously Eric wasn't a yes-man. Vince got a yes-man in. And Bruce Pritchard, that'll be the cynics that'll say that. But it's just such... It's it's such... Um, I mean, the money that Fox and whatnot are putting into it, um, what do they want? You know, it's easy to accept the money, but what do they want? In my opinion, it should be just black and white, plain and simple, basic storylines based around human psychology. Yeah, it's so difficult, though, because everything mm. just in life, I believe, is so complicated and convoluted. Okay. Um, like, who's a good guy anymore? Yeah. It's just a simple question. Yeah. When you can't trust, think about it, when you can't trust family, mm-hmm. and you can't trust religion, and you can't trust your neighbors, Yeah. like, when you're trying to present realistic stories... I, even in movies, like, you know, everyone was Steve Austin. Okay, so Steve Austin's the everyday man, and he plays the middle, and he does this, and he does that, and so he's Steve Austin. So everyone could uh, uh, be in tone and in touch with who Stone Cold is, because we all have a little bit of Stone Cold in us. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, but if you're a good guy, portrayed as a good guy, and known to be a good guy, in real life... yeah people always raise an eyebrow like what's what, what's wrong with that person he's hiding something you know yeah you know what i'm saying yeah what's yeah. he hiding what's yeah. he hiding yeah you know no one could just take it as face value anymore yeah so when you're trying to make this is just me talking this is my the wwe or anybody else or movies can be completely different sure like the joker, sure the yeah. joker movie that just came out people are celebrating it like oh or maleficent yeah uh, disney made maleficent and she's this heel in sleeping beauty and now She's a queen, and people love her. Well, you know, so a it's good, a heel turn or not, or like, it's what? it's kind of 
It's kind of true, actually. Just kind of based off that, um, there's a everybody was a fan of the Karate Kid back in the day. That's right. Um, people may or may not know. I've become a huge fan of the new YouTube series Cobra Kai. I don't know whether you've seen it, but I haven't. But I've heard about it. You should check it out. But Johnny Lawrence, who was obviously the biggest dickhead in in you know in the show when you're a kid, because it's when you're a kid, it's it's good versus evil. It's black and white. There's no shades of gray. That's right. I watched this show and I went, whoa, I'm actually on Johnny Lawrence's side here. Danielson's actually a douchebag. He's a little bit, right. of a little bit of a bully in his own right. And I actually went back last night just for this very, very purpose. Went back and watched The Karate Kid again to see if I could see the signs and see what way the story was written. And you can actually see that Johnny Lawrence actually wasn't really a bad kid. He was just misinformed, misguided. Yeah, and misguided. Yeah. yeah. And it's so yeah. true. And so what you're saying, I, I didn't mean to segue from that, but what, what you're saying is really true. I think we're living in an age now where even young kind of adults, like, you know, from 12 all the way up to till their early teens, um, they're a lot more informed on the basic human psyche than, say, we were back in the 80s and 90s. Um, social media obviously has a lot to do with that. Exactly. There's way more outreach. Uh, yeah. Someone was asking me just this morning, my neighborhood was blocked off right at the street because there was a murder suspect. Oh, wow. Uh, just literally a block away from where I'm talking to you now. Wow. And uh, there were three other major uh, situations in just in my area uh, with hit and runs and a mother and a four-year-old being killed on the street. Um, oh, wow. But, but as a child, you know, growing up in the, in the 80s or whatnot, in the late 70s, uh, we would never have heard of that until the next day in the newspaper yeah. or later later in the news if they decided that was news. Yeah. So today with uh, social media journalists and whatnot or just neighbors and posting, you know, it's instant. The problem with that is that everybody has an opinion and they don't state facts. So you don't know the situation. Yes, the, 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 the right up the street, the street was blocked because of a murder suspect. We're not saying the guy who lives at 1234 Albers is the murder suspect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, so that's part of the problem with the human psyche right now that I believe when it comes to storytelling and individuals being wrapped up in their own agenda and their own thought process and why Jim Cornette might get the heat that he's getting because the modern generation thinks a certain way. Even myself, I'm, I'm being edited all the time and I grew up in that same uh, uh, generation pool of World War II veterans uh, who were my teachers in elementary, junior high, and high school, gotcha. Vietnam veterans and whatnot. Gotcha. You know, that's the generation that taught me, my grandfather, my father, um, and the prejudice and everything that you'll, you'll hear a term, well, he's a man of his time. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, that was not just one person, that was nations yeah so yeah, yeah. so it's it's there's a lot of all of that that people we don't have time to go into it and nor am i some sort of i don't even know what you call it <laughs> some <laughs> expert in this but it's just the way that i think and as i walk into a situation makes sense i though. try to yeah. i try to look at stories being boom 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 uh, uh i'd say maybe eight years ago I had a story going on our TV with Willie Mack and Scorpio Sky. Yeah. And it was working really good because it, we found out we had a large urban audience in Los Angeles, a big black audience. Mm. And I, I had these two uh, African-American. That's D-Man Dan Parker, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, so 
uh, I had them going against each other for the television uh, championship on our show. And um, I wanted Sky to say, and it is a racial term, I wanted him to call Willie Mac a boy, which is an old slave uh, term. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I was trying to get heat out of that on the show, and they were both not for it. And me being from another time, I didn't necessarily understand why they didn't want to do it. Mm. Uh, we came up with a different way of doing it and a different way of saying it. Yeah. Um, but it would have been more impactful. Like if it was a movie, if we were actually shooting a movie, no one would ever have a problem with it because a character said it. Hey, all you need to do is look at Quentin Tarantino and Django. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Quentin Tarantino is a, a, a great example of that. Yeah. Um, but uh, if it's not a period piece, mm-hmm. then it's not acceptable. You know, you can't say certain things or or, or whatever. Yeah. So uh, it's just storytelling, and it's and it's showing villains don't know they're bad. Can I can I ask you a question based off that? Sure. Just a quick sure. one. Sorry. Um, purely for because me as a you know, as I grew older, I grew up loving Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart. Bret Hart especially. His morals, his whole story, his message that he was sending. I wanted to grow up being that guy, you know? Uh, fight for what you believe in, stand up for yourself and stuff like that. And Bret obviously really believes that anyway, in general. Um, and then I grew up, my first work was always as a heel. And I loved the heel side of things. Yet still loving that moral virtue. But... What my point is, do you think that people are just afraid of the heat now? I think that's probably it because they're afraid that they've got to go out, they've got to, you know, they've got to be that guy twenty four seven. I think the only guy I can see in modern terms and in terms of the latest young crop of guys is MJF. He doesn't give a shit. He's just wants to be that. He's not afraid of the heat. And uh, there's not enough. Uh, yeah, Max is not afraid of heat. Max will yeah. go out there and be the quintessential heel. Yeah. Uh, Chris Dickinson is also a, a great performer who doesn't care necessarily. Yeah. And I know them both off camera, and they're and they're both beautiful people. Um, uh, a lot of what you just said, I believe, is true. Yeah. Um, uh, younger people are afraid of the heat, but I think they're not afraid of the crowd heat in the traditional sense. It's the heat they're going to get from their uh, contemporaries. Yeah. Um, and not a lot of people won't break out. So when you watch like the NWA Power Show, what I believe is making it, and people are talking about the interviews, uh, the, the promos, is that the guys are actually stepping out and they're not themselves. They're actually portraying the character like Ricky Starks. Yeah. You look at that guy and he went out there and he hit a home run. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Stevens, he went out there and really hit a home oh, run. Wait, holy shit, just yeah. Wait, wait until you see how that evolves. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick Aldis was the quintessential NWA World's Champion on camera. Yeah. He really was. He Adam Pierce played the role. Uh, Ric Flair played the role. You know, it, it was done... The right way. Aldous um, was perfect. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, he really is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and he's not afraid to say things. And that's one thing about the power program that I'm really proud of the producers and the, the owners of the NWA allowing the guys to go out there and virtually be uncensored. Uh, I'm not necessarily given lines to say. 
It was watch the match, David, come up with something, ask him what you feel, and then guide him through if you need to. And I've not really had to guide too many people through the interview. Yeah, so like very much in the old Mean Gene role kind of thing where it was, you know, you're there as a kind of... uh as a guide, but also, you know, there to kind of help out if need be. And, and listen, it, tremendous roles. I mean, from, from your role all the way to, to the guys that are, you know, from the characters as well. It's been absolutely beautiful to watch. I've got to say it's, uh, <laughs> well, thank you. No, we had re- a great time making it and it was a big ensemble. It wasn't just like, I think a lot of people who are watching it, you know, there's a credit role. Look how many names are in that, that credit role. Oh, um, yeah. At, at the end of the program, which is rare. Wrestling shows don't do that. The Hollywood show, we do it uh, during our specials. We'll run a credit roll. Um, but uh, there had to have been 30 production people, technicians, that had nothing to do with wrestling. Wow. You know? Wow. And uh, the Hollywood program has just as many. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it takes all of those to make what you people are, are enjoying Tuesdays at 6.05 Eastern on YouTube, uh, uh, Eastern time in the United States. Yeah. And I really do. Uh, like I, I implore, you know, everyone that listens to this show. I mean, the U S is one of my biggest markets for this podcast, but you know, obviously the UK and Ireland as well. Anybody that hasn't seen, um, the two shows, watch them back to back. If you, if you're going to be listening to this show, watch them back to back. It's absolutely incredible. And, and I can, I know exactly what you're saying and, and being a kind of a, um, I would call myself a hardened wrestling fan in the sense that I know when I see something building, you know what I mean? You can tell that this is going to build to something really good. And I guess, um, you know, I'd be amiss to, to, to not mention, um, obviously, Billy Corgan um, and the job that he's done with the NWA. Uh, we all know yep. that he was initially, you know, going to buy Impact. Thank God that he didn't and that it went this way. Um, as soon as I heard he bought NWA, a lot of people were going, oh, man, that's weird. I was like, no, this is fucking great, man. This guy is... <laughs> and he's been around wrestling a long time. I don't think people realize. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's... Since how long he's been around wrestling. And I met him, uh, actually, for the first time uh, through the Cauliflower Alley. So, um, uh, many years ago. Shout so, out to Brian Blair. Uh, what's that? Shout out to Brian Blair. He's been on here before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so it's like Billy is putting his money where his mouth is. This is all his money. This is not sponsor money. Yeah. This has there is no network money. There's no yeah. television money. This is all his money. And he's employing all of us. And I commend him. I've been in pro wrestling for a long time and running my own show for well over twenty five years. And uh I know how difficult this is. Yeah. Um but uh luckily he he's an artist. And he's a perfectionist, and he's going to massage every piece of this, just like it for a uh, album and any, yeah. any other piece of art. And uh, in, at the end of the day, you know, we're going to have a lot of stumbles and blumps in the beginning. Uh, I mean, we're doing a live pay-per-view from the studio in December. Um, yeah. I think December 14th, I could be wrong, okay. uh, Into the Fire. Uh, it's going to be live on Fight TV. Um uh, I don't know the prices or anything. I'd go to uh, nationalwrestlingalliance.com for that information or at NWA on social media to find out. But um, uh, we're going to do it live, and I'm sure there's going to be some mistakes. That's sure. what it's. That's what it's about. You gotta like. I remember Raven saying years ago, you know, everybody's trying so hard not to fuck up. You gotta fuck up to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you gotta yeah. do it. 
I, I think because media is so accessible to everyone, just like just your telephone, you could make a movie if you wanted to. Sure. Yeah. Um, that anyone feels that they can do it, like audio issues, like, oh, that there's a there's a big audio problem. These people are amateurs. It's Bush. <laughs> it's like really frequencies, uh, cell phones, um, other radio communication in the area. Like there's so many things that can go wrong. Yeah. Like, uh, cables being crossed, a patch being mispatched. Yeah. Uh, there is miles and miles of cable in these television studios and production trucks, and it's human error, of course. Of course, but. Yeah. It's going. It's going to happen. Yeah. But how the how the internet jumps on it right away and makes you the biggest asshole. You don't know what the fuck you're doing, guy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I like to tell people all the time. Well, show me your Emmy awards. I'll show you mine. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but look, this is the thing about it. Most of these SJWs and these social media warriors, um, you know, the extreme feminist movement and all that kind of thing. If you took if you took away the power of social media for most of these people, none of them would really have the balls to go out on the streets and fight for their believed uh, movement. So it's just the internet crowd. It's, it's, it's what we're in at the moment. It's people that... It's the couch potato syndrome, you know? Yeah. We, we can all sit back and say Peyton Manning should do better. But, yeah, could you? <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean? No. And I... Uh... And speaking of the public, not to get on a shit stir there, but I was watching the live chat for an hour yesterday during the in the power program. He's always watching, guys. <laughs> Those comments, especially in the uh, Me Too cancellation world of social media. Sure. You, some of you people should be ashamed of what you wrote, especially during those female matches. That was... there. There were some harsh things being said, yeah. and it's because you you have no identity and people don't know who you are. Um, it's but, the only uh, reason, you know. It's the only you reason. Know, it was there's an awful lot of rude stuff on there, uh, and I'm no saint. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> none of us, none of us are saints. None of us but, are saints, um, Dave. But man, there's there's just so much going on in the world, in society, and pro wrestling, and. Trying to keep it uh, clean is is kind of difficult. Uh, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, not to not to go off too far. Just NWA Power Championship Wrestling from Hollywood Championship Wrestling from Arizona. Uh, that's that's my focus right now. Uh, we're working on Silver State Pro Wrestling in Las Vegas. Okay, um, awesome. And uh, and finally, a United Wrestling Network branded program. I hope to be able to announce in the spring where we actually will have our own world champion. That doesn't mean the NWA will not be involved in that because, uh, you know, their program's taped uh, weeks out and we produce a show every two weeks and they're still going to need content. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm still proud to champion the NWA and, and have them a part of what we do. And listen, Dave, it's, it's been a pleasure as we kind of wind down now. I just want to maybe have a little bit of fun with you. Um, you're, 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 a, you're an old school, you're a wrestling fan first and foremost. That's obviously why you, you, know, you do what you do. Um, I want to do something fun that they used to do in the old magazines. I want to give you, uh, I'm going to throw a couple of names in the history of wrestling and just say a couple of words on them maybe, just, just for shits and giggles, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, yeah, let's see what happens. I think it's only one name to start with because of what we're talking about. 
The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Uh, the quintessential NWA World's Champion. Yeah, nothing more needed to be said. Um, Ravishing Rick Rude. One of the toughest guys I've ever met, legitimately. Yeah, everyone says that. <laughs> yeah, he um, had these gigantic forearms, like because you know he was an arm wrestling champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's had these. He's just a big guy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I heard a story. I think he's a huge, huge guy. Didn't Steve Austin say that he used to sometimes like get like leave his lady at the bar so guys would hit on them so he could just get in a fight? Oh, just so he could, <laughs> yeah, so he could kick their ass, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Those guys were nuts back then. <laughs> um, and you want to know something? I miss that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you should come to Ireland. <laughs> oh, well, listen. When I first met the the, the UK guys at one of the MWA meetings, uh, Moss and uh, I can't remember the other one. Uh, so Patty. Yeah. Uh, they were throwing him against my. Are we shared a wall? That's how I met these guys. Yeah. <laughs> like. A, Four in the morning, I think they uh, tried moonshine for the first time. We were in the south. Oh. And, and they were throwing these kids against the wall. That and, was Paddy. That was in uh, Nashville. That's right. Shout out to Paddy Morrow, yeah? Paddy yeah. Morrow, yeah. yeah. And so our room's connected. Yeah. And I remember going over there. I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, come on in. <laughs> yeah, Paddy Morrow, a very, very good friend of mine. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah. He's a ladies' man. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. We can't say that anymore. He's happily, he's happily married. He's happily uh, yeah, married. He's, um, Anyways, continue, continue. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> um, a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago on Dynamo's Dozen, the, the great Magnum TA. Unfortunate. Yeah. What happened to Magnum TA? He should have, uh, he should be in the annals of wrestling more. Yeah. Um, Dusty Rhodes. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Daddy. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, do, 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 do. Dynamite Kid. Destructive. Yeah. But In all definitions. But amazing, though, yeah? In the ring. Yeah. Uh, 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 amazing, but I mean careless, too. Mm, okay. Um, Brett the Hitman Hart. That's a tough one because it's like he's great, but like there's so much that goes around who Bret Hart is. He's yeah. he's like an onion. Mm. You just keep peeling and something else happens or there's another reveal and sometimes it's not good and some, yeah. just like with anybody, but. You know, we're all humans. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's kind of mixed. Uh, I love his kids, and I know his uh, ex-wife, Julie, well. Yeah, um, yeah. Julie's, yeah. yeah. No, Julie, pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lovely girl. Um, yeah. And I guess there's only one name to finish on it now in the current uh, in the current climate. Jim Cornette. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not going to no, put you there. It's, it's professional. He is... I can't think of anyone in pro wrestling that is as rounded and professional as Jim Cornette. I mean, he, he, if there's a master's or doctorate or whatever the titanium level of education is, um, platinum level, whatever is, uh, is Jim Cornette. Mm -hmm. 
he's the best. And then finally, keeping him current, um, Nick Aldis. He's the man. Yeah, I gotta say, in my opinion, I just figured the best wrestling match that I've seen, and this this has been on a podcast. A lot of people couldn't believe I actually said this because usually I'm pretty critical of certain things, but the best wrestling match that I've seen in the last ten years that I really got engrossed in, and I didn't really know the backstory other than the little video package was um, Cody and uh, Nick Aldis. That's at the seventieth. Yeah. Oh, that's just how pro wrestling should be. Yeah, it was difficult to cover. Uh, if you watch the thing, we had no lights out there. there yeah. a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. And when the spotlight turned on, here's a little fun fact: the, the spotlight operator was Jeff Jarrett himself because he knew there was one up there in the Nashville Fairgrounds, and he went and turned it on, or we wouldn't have that light. That was Jeff that did that. Well, that's because Jeff. Again, Jeff is one of the great guys as well. <laughs> Jeff is one of the good yeah. guys. Um, yeah, so I uh, and I'm proud to have been able to say. And it's funny, Colt Cabana made a joke uh, at the uh, Power Show uh, when we did it because I was warming up the audience too. And I guess I said like, so a fan would bring something up, and I'd say something like, "Oh, I promoted that," or "Hey, I was the uh, uh, I did this or I did that." And Cabana kept poking his head out, and he was like, "Hey, Dave promoted that. Hey, Dave promoted that. Hey, Dave promoted that." <laughs> um, and uh, he was right. But uh, I was the promoter to take the NWA world title to China. And Nick Aldis was the champion against Colt Cabana. And the reason I did that, it took three years to make that happen. And Simon Anoki helped me uh, through IGF in China. Uh, but Harley Race said to me several times, uh, there's only two places on God's green earth that I've never taken the world title. It was Russia and China. And, and, China. and uh, so when I had the opportunity to do it, the, the, Dave Logano was the first guy I called. And I said, hey, we could take the title of China. What do you want to do? He said, yeah, let's do it. So uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a big highlight for me, uh, being able to – and to make a whole television show out of it. I'm the first – and if Cabana was here, he'd be laughing. But I'm the first uh, producer, promoter to bring a uh, – uh, Western or North American broadcast out of China for wrestling. WWE's not done it yet. Well, that's a that's a huge deal. Like, and, and you know, we can you know you can make jokes and kind of you know there is no yeah. promotion like self promotion at the end of the day anyway. Um, so I'm I'm yeah. all for it. But listen, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I really appreciate well, you. you giving me your time. Um, hopefully, yeah. we'll have you on again. Obviously. Um, once we get the, the pay-per-view and all out of the way, we can go back and, and maybe have a chat again and and, and, uh, and see how it goes. But um, absolute pleasure, Dave, and, and I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart again. You're an absolute gentleman. and uh, Thank you. Keep doing the great work, my friend. Yeah, say hi to Paul and everybody for me over there. I will indeed, I will indeed.